This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Good morning, South Africa. Good morning, Johannesburg CFC. Praise God. Give yourself a great big praise God hand clap, all of you in the overflow rooms as well. Praise the Lord. So glad you are in church today. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for your goodness, your mercy that follows us all the days of our life. As I come to study and teach today, I thank you, Father, that we do not have to depend on our own limited human abilities, but we trust in you. Therefore, we know without doubt that you anoint my mind, that I might grasp the revelation that will rise in abundance from my heart within. Thank you for supernatural recall of your word. And I believe that your word will go from my mouth smoothly, accurately, clearly, without hindrance from anything, carried by your anointing, power, and love to each person's mind under the sound of my voice, bringing understanding and removing confusion, and to every heart that faith would rise and fear would leave. And we'll give you all the praise, the glory, and honor for all that's revealed and accomplished through your word and by your spirit here today. In Jesus' holy name. Praise God. If you're not sitting, you may be seated. All right. Now, <clears throat> David is a perfect example of how to put our faith into action. This is a great lesson. It doesn't matter how many times I read this, I always get inspired. I never fail to be encouraged and inspired. My faith is pumped every time I read this story of David. All right, open your Bible this morning to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 20, uh, 17. And I'm going to read from verse 1 of the New Living Translation. The Philistines now mustered their army for battle. King Saul counted by gathering his troops near the valley of Elah. So the Philistines and Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with a valley between them. Verse 4, And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Now, <clears throat> Pastor Bev and I have taken seven tours to Israel through the years. On one of those trips, we went to the Valley of Elah. And we saw clearly the one hill where the Philistines stood and the other hill where the army of Israel stood. And uh, these hills are only about 300 meters apart. They're not that far apart. Maybe 400 at the most. I'd say 300, though be closer, and it's not a mountain, it's just a, it's just a rise, it's a hill, and it, it wasn't more than 20 meters high, the hill at the most. Anyhow, uh, and in between the hills was this little stream. This is called the Valley of Elah. The Philistines were on the one hill, and the Israelites on the other. And the hill was probably the size of, say, eight 
uh, rugby fields each hill. All right, so now the Bible tells us that, oh, by the way, when we went there, uh, I selected five smooth stones from that little brook. We weren't supposed to do that. I found out afterwards, but nevertheless, I have them at home, like white stones, like golf balls, exactly the same size, perfectly round like a golf ball. All right, verse 4 said that he was six cubits in a span in height. Now, the Jewish historian Josephus said that there were two different measurements uh, used for a span back in those years. And by the one measurement, Goliath would be nine feet and nine inches tall. And by the other, he'd be 11 feet tall. So let's say that Goliath was 10 feet, six inches tall. Uh, that means he could easily weigh 500 pounds of solid muscle. Remember, he was the champion fighter of the Philistine army. And so he must have been very strong and fit. All right, verse 5, still from the New Living Translation. Goliath wore a bronze helmet and a coat of scale armor of bronze that weighed 125 pounds. So he had a coat made of small pieces of metal put together, which weighed 125 pounds. Now, you have to be strong to walk around just casually wearing a jacket that weighs 125 pounds without eventually dragging you down, right? And then verse 7 says, An armor bearer walked ahead of Goliath carrying a huge shield. So Goliath is boasting that he didn't need to carry his own shield. His armor bearer could carry it. He didn't need a shield. Verse 8. Goliath stood and shouted across to the Israelites, I defy the armies of Israel. Send me a man who will fight with me. When King Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. And then verse 26, the B part says, David, when he saw all this, when he arrived there with his food for his brothers, he brought snacks for them from, from his father who sent him, uh, his brothers in the war, all of them. So uh, he arrived there as a little shepherd boy, 17 years old, he was too young to go to the war. And he asked the question, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? that he should defy the armies of the living God. Now, it's mystified Bible theologians through the ages as to where did David get the faith to just boldly go out there and fight Goliath. And I submit to you that he got the faith right here. You see it in this very statement. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? that he should defy the armies of the living God. Because circumcision is a sign of the covenant between God and Israel. The Israelites were all circumcised. God said, I'm your God, you're my people. The Philistines were not circumcised. So David is actually saying, who does this man think he is 
he's, God's not on his side. God's on our side. How can he even think of fighting us when God's fighting for us? That's in essence what he's saying. 31. Then David's question was reported to King Saul, and the king sent for David. So somebody went and said, hey, King Saul, here's this young 17-year-old kid saying, who is this uncircumcised Philistine want to challenge the army of God? And David said, uh, King Saul said, well, bring him to me. I'll talk to this young man. 32. Then David said to King Saul, let no man's heart fail because of Goliath. Your servant David will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth. And he... Goliath is a man of war from his youth. And when Saul, and when Satan chooses to bring discouragement, friends, he will try and bring it through somebody that you respect. And we know that David respected King Saul. And now when King Saul says, you can't fight him, you're just a kid. And this man is a soldier, a mighty warrior, been trained from childhood. You have no chance. So, the devil is trying to bring discouragement to the heart of David. Then what happens? 34. Then David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb <coughs> From its mouth, and when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. So imagine that the lion running off with the lamb, and David runs after it, takes it by the beard, takes the lamb out of its mouth. The lion turns on David and he just tears it limb from limb. The anointing of God came mightily upon it, upon him, I guess. Otherwise, there's no way he could do that. So, 36. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. 37. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And King Saul said to David, Okay, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine Goliath. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before Goliath. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. For he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, now listen to the devil speaking here. The Philistine said to David, 
Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. He says, David, I'm going to tear you apart like we tear a chicken apart when we're eating a, a roast chicken. I'm going to pull your legs and your arms apart from your body, and I'm going to feed you to the animals and the birds. Now, that would terrify an old man, 10 foot tall, 10 and a half feet tall giant standing on top of the hill shouting down at you. My gosh. But this is how the devil works. He's trying to bring doubt and discouragement into the heart of David. That's Satan's plan. Verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Now notice that. He said, I'm coming to you in the name of the God of Israel. Because why? Of the covenant. All right, 46. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. This day God's going to give you into my hand. All right? And I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I'll give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. So I'm not going to just kill you. I'm going to kill the entire army. My, 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 my. This young David had a lot of faith, right? He believed in the covenant. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not have, save by sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. He said, then all Israel will know, and all the world will know, that the Lord doesn't save by sword and spear. That's very important. Highlight that there in verse 47. The Lord does not save by sword and spear. What's David saying? He's saying, don't put your faith in your own abilities, your own resources. Don't put your faith in your own money, your doctors, your lawyers, your education, your friends. Put your faith in God. Put your faith in God. Confess what God will do. David knew God can only do for him what his words of faith allowed God to do. Let's say this. God cannot do more for me than my words allow him to do. Let's say this. I am the sum total of the words I have spoken up till now. Say this, please. Sitting in this seat is the result of all I have spoken. Say this. I can never rise above the level of my words in life. Now I say this. If I talk about the mountain, the mountain will grow bigger. 
If I talk to the mountain, the mountain will go. Now I say this. It's not my job to move the mountain. It's my job to speak to the mountain. God will move the mountain. All right, now let's read from verse 48. And so it was, when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine Goliath. I love that. I love that. That is so powerful. David, the 17-year-old kid, ran up the hill to meet his opponent, the giant Goliath. He didn't come sheepishly. He was so excited, so bold, so confident in God that he ran towards the giant. Amazing. 49. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead, into his forehead. The stone went right into his forehead like a golf ball, through the bone, into his head, and he fell face to the earth, crash, bang. This giant, I'm sure everything shook around him as he fell to the earth. Now, Josephus tells us that the historian, that they had this visor across their face, right? They had their helmet and they had this flap, which was loose. When they went back like that, the flap would go up. So Goliath threw his head back and laughed when David said all these confessions that he's going to kill him this day. So he threw his head back and the visor went up. And then when he brought his head back down again, the visor flapped down, shut. And uh, it was at that second, as the head came down, before the flap closed, that the stone struck him. Now, can you imagine the split-second timing of that incident? It had to be supernatural and divine. We know that David was very accurate. The Bible tells us he trained him, he trained his mighty men. They could stand 50 paces and a lady could take her hair out and every time they'd snap that hair with left hand or right hand with their sling. All his mighty men, he trained to do that. He learned to do that. He trained, practiced as a shepherd boy. But now, this is even, this is far greater than anybody could ever imagine that the stone arrived at that split second when that flap was about to shut and took Goliath out. All right. It is your words that defeat your problems. It's your words that make it possible for you to climb your mountain. Climb your mountain or move your mountain. It was David's words that defeated Goliath, not his sling. 
All right, verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took the sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they all ran away. Then, as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took David and brought him before King Saul with the head of Goliath in his hand. Now, there's a few things we want to talk about in this portion of Scripture here. It was David's words that defeated Goliath, not his sling. Josephus, the historian, tells us that there was a flap on the front of the helmet. And when somebody would move their head back, it would rise. When it came down with the head, it would close. And that stone hit Goliath in the forehead just before the flap closed. He must have laughed when David made his bold confessions of killing him and the entire army of the Philistines. Threw his head back and laughed. And um, the stone sank deep into his forehead, went right through the skull. That's golf ball head, very heavy stone. It's amazing that that would happen. Then, remember, it's David's words that defeated Goliath, not his sling. Not his sling. And it's your words that defeat your problems. It's your words that make it possible for you to climb your mountain or move your mountain. Very interesting that David took the head of Goliath to show King Saul. Here he is, carrying, probably by the hair, this massive head of Goliath. Blood dripping from it, he walks into King Saul's tent. Now, I can only imagine what that must have looked like. Here's this 17-year-old kid walking around with Goliath's head. Amazing. Amazing. Let God do it through you, family. Boldly declare what God will do for you. And then praise Him continuously after your confession. Because you believe that He's working on it. You believe He's working on it. So boldly declare what God will do for you, like David did. Only, say this with me. Say this, please. Only when I boldly confess, then and then only do I possess. Only when I boldly confess, then and then only do I possess. So if we do not boldly confess what God is going to do for us, we're not going to have it. We're not going to have it. That's the simple principle of faith. It works the same in every realm. Here David, a 17-year-old boy, goes against this mammoth giant, trained warrior. And David's never had army military training. He grew up as a shepherd looking after sheep. He, he, gained, he gained his fighting skills by fighting bears and lions. He had confidence in God. He knew God was on his side. And God's on your side. 
If you'll boldly confess, it doesn't matter who you are. If, you're, if you confess your faith in God and what God's going to do for you and then continue praise Him after that, you will see mighty things happen in your life. Child of God, this is the hour, this is the time for you not to be timid, but for you to be bold because your Father in heaven is on your side. He's for you. He loves you. Now say this. Goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Praise God. All right. Every head bowed and every eye closed. How many would say, Apostle Theo, I need to be sure I'm going to heaven one day. I don't know where I'm going when I die. Can you help me? Yes, I can. So while heads are bowed and while eyes are closed, if you want to be sure you're going to heaven, when I count to three, if you'll slip your hand up, I'll include you in a simple prayer I'm going to pray. And God will give you the assurance in your heart today that you are His child, you are forgiven for your sins, and you are going to go to heaven. God will give it to you. So, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up when I count to three. And then I'll include you in my prayer. Are you ready? I'm counting. Put those hands up now. One, two, three. Thank you. All right. Now the leaders are coming to put their hands on your shoulders to let you know that we love you and Jesus loves you while I say this little prayer. Okay, I'm going to invite everybody to say this little prayer with me, especially all of you that raised your hands. Let's all say this prayer together from the heart. Are we all ready to pray? Keep those hands raised now. Okay, here we go. Say it with me. Dear God, let's do that better, please. Improve. Everybody. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross in my place. You punished him for my sins so I can be forgiven. Thank you, God. Dear Jesus, please come into my heart Save my life. Thank you, Jesus. I declare you are the Lord of my life and I will live for you with all of my heart till I see you in heaven. Praise God. I am saved, bound for heaven. God is my Father. I am God's child, and I am forgiven for all of my sins. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Fulmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Fulmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, 
We hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 